everybody. It's Bryn Griffiths. I am filling in this portion of our podcast for Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society. And we want to welcome you to Think Bike, a podcast all about things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness right here in the province of Alberta. Now, we'll be talking about everything from tips and myths on gear, maintenance techniques, education, and so much more with very informed guests. So thanks for joining us today. And of course, when Leanne is taking a well-deserved break, Marty Forbes steps in. How are you doing, Marty? I'm doing fine, pal. Thank you very kindly. And uh, yes, I'm the VP of the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society. Uh, we're going to give our president, Leanne Langwa, a very well-deserved break today. And I'm pleased to be able to introduce one of the most well-known and respected people in the motorcycle industry as our guest on the podcast. He has been riding since he was just four years old. He was the senior instructor for ASC, then created the Nate Rider Training Program in 2003. He's managed and taught the course until the end of 2009 and then created the CTEC motorcycle rider training program and managed and taught the course until the end of 2017. He has taught well over 25,000 students in his career. He also worked for Heritage Harley as sales manager until March of 2021 and in his racing career he won three racing championships in amateur superbike racing and a regional pro championship as a team owner. Please welcome to the Think Bike podcast, a friend of close to two decades, James McCarthy. Hey, Marty. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to see you again, pal. Have you had any riding this year? You got out very much at all? You know what? Um, For the first time in many, many years, I decided to do a little sabbatical, took a few months off, uh, got lots of riding in. So um, it's just kind of weird to enjoy uh, summer riding as opposed to waiting till November and going on a trip someplace warm and riding. So this is like probably the first time in, in probably about 30 years that I've actually ridden um, just for personal fun uh, in the summertime. So it's been good. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Listen, our topic today is fall riding. So James, what tips do you have so people can enjoy the final few weeks of this season? Oh, we got lots of tips. Um, you know, riding in the fall can be some of the best times to ride. Uh, you know, Marty, there's a lot less heat, as you know, like we dealt with a lot of heat this summer. And when you're on a motorcycle, say if you're on a um, like a V-twin superbike or uh, you're on a, a Hardy Road King or anything like that, where a lot of heat is generated and you're in stop and go traffic, uh, we all know what it's like to be close to that, uh, that radiant heat. Uh, but we also know what it's like to be in that radiant heat when it's also uh, plus 36. So I find for me personally, the, the cooler temperatures are a lot more fun to ride in because you can prepare easier for it's easier to add layers uh, than it is to try to get cooler, right? So it's easier to get warm than it is to cool down when you're riding a motorcycle. So temperatures can vary greatly during the fall and often chilly in the morning and then very warm in the afternoon and early evening. So how should riders prepare themselves for this temperature swing? Well, there's lots of ways to prepare. I mean, number one, from a riding gear perspective, add layers. Um, it's easier to take layers off as the day gets warmer. Probably one of the easiest rules to remember uh, is, you know, if you're standing by your motorcycle in the morning as it's warming up, and if you feel like you're just okay with the temperature, you probably need to add more layers. You're probably not warm enough because when you're on the bike at this time of the year with the sun being much lower, uh, it's going to be about 10 degrees cooler on the motorcycle. So 
add more layers, you can always take them off. <clears throat> the um, other thing is I'd choose wool, fleece, things like that, that wick away moisture. Uh, this would be especially true for base layers. I tend to prefer motorcycle specific layers, uh, Alpine stars, that kind of stuff. But there's uh, always many less expensive choices that work extremely well. Uh, for wind, uh, Gore-Tex is always going to be your friend. Uh, windy or breezy days during the fall are you know, always a, a reminder of uh, what it's going to be like come winter with the wind chill. So if you can stop the wind, uh, you can uh, definitely enjoy the ride all day long. <clears throat> also, this means you're going to stay dry. Uh, one of my favorite things to do uh, is to wear Gore-Tex socks. So obviously, if your head, your neck, your hands, and your feet are warm, you're going to be able to enjoy the ride a lot longer. So I started using Gore-Tex socks. And why that came about was I was working, um, when I was working on the course site teaching students, we couldn't just stop the course because it got cold or it rained. We had to keep going with the course. So you'd be standing in the rain for eight to 10 hours a day. And uh, even with, um, uh, you, tend to, you tended not to want to wear motorcycle boots because they were very uncomfortable on the corset all day long. So I wear running shoes. So I started wearing a Gore-Tex layered running shoe with a Gore-Tex sock and what a difference that made. So I started wearing my Gore-Tex socks when I rode. And again, it made a massive difference along with all the other uh, riding gear. So, the other thing is because it does get darker quicker, um, I always recommend something with some retroreflective material on it. Uh, this way, when you're riding at night, it just means that people are going to have an easier time seeing you. Then plan your ride. Um, you know, really think about the ride you're doing. Uh, obviously, it gets darker quicker, so you want to plan for uh, clear lenses. So what I do is if I'm wearing a full face helmet, I'll sometimes just put a clear visor, wear, motor, wear sunglasses underneath. Or if I'm wearing a tinted visor, I'll bring an other tint, a clear visor with me so I can change that out as it gets darker. Uh, or if I'm wearing um, an open face helmet, I'll just bring a clear lens, remove the sunglasses, put on the clear lenses uh, or clear sunglasses, and it makes a, a world of difference uh, riding at night. The other thing that I started using um, probably, I don't know, about six or seven years ago is transitions visors. Uh, what a difference that makes. So you get about 5% of tint when it's daylight and all the way up to 100% of tint uh, as they transition from darker conditions to lighter conditions so, and, and then back again. So I really enjoy the transition uh, visors and also transitions uh, glasses. And then another thing is um, riding apparel wise is get a neck warmer. I mean, like I was saying is if you can keep your head warm, your hands warm, your feet warm and your neck warm, it does make a world of difference when you're riding. Not everybody's going to be riding behind a windscreen, a big fairing like um, I know you ride a Goldwing, so it's probably not going to be as tough on a Goldwing as it would be, say, on my bike. Uh, with a BMW S1000, it's a naked sport bike. So I'm getting the wind directly on me. So having the neck warmer does make a big difference for sure. Great tips. And uh, as the bike uh, dealers flip their products for the winter toys, you can probably find some pretty good deals on items for next year about now. Yeah, this is the best time to shop for um, uh, for motorcycle apparel or uh, even, you know, if you wanted to do some modifications to your bike, this is a great time. The dealerships are going to be slower in the shop. Uh, like you said, they're flipping over the inventory for those that have winter product. But 
when I was at Heritage Harley Davidson, we weren't switching over to a winter product. We were still preparing for a very busy um, season uh, and end of season. So we would have deals usually on on sometimes um, uh, bike covers or accessories that you may want to add to your motorcycle. But other dealers and shops are always going to have deals on things like heated vests, heated gloves, uh, all those things that you probably always wanted anyway. So this is a great time to pick them up. Now, the weather folks do a, a really good job, but very it's Alberta. So quickly changing conditions can be a shock for riders, and especially the closer you are to the Rockies. Yeah, again, this is about planning your ride. Uh, the cooler temperatures mean snow can be upon us at, at any time anywhere in Canada, I mean, really even in the middle of, um, of summer. I've been in Saskatchewan crossing and the Coquihalla in the middle of summer when it snowed. And I think a lot of us have experienced that. Um, but the snow at this time of the year, even though if it does happen, it may not last very long, but expect to see other uh, side effects. So you're going to see frost in the morning, fog. Uh, just driving back from Banff uh, yesterday, um, I, was, I was surprised at how much fog there was in the morning. And there was a reminder that, yes, we are getting closer to winter. Uh, but so frost um, leaves, frost on leaves, uh, possible snow and ice in higher elevations or regular elevations for that matter. Um, these are all things we need to be mindful of. So we need to plan for those things. Now, depending on when you ride early or late, you also have to remember now that the sun is very close to the horizon, both at sunrise and sunset and can easily blind a rider. Yeah, you know, the sun it can be very glaring to the rider. Um, but also not just the rider, Marty, it's also the car and truck drivers around us or bus drivers or, or you know, everybody else that's on the road. So we need to be mindful of our riding position in traffic, um, especially when the sun is directly in your eyes or at your back. Car drivers and bus drivers, truck drivers, are they're less likely to see you when you're moving in traffic. Um so this is where spacing and visibility are going to be really important. We have to plan our escape routes. We have to be um, thinking about the what ifs. I mean, these are things we should be doing at any time of the year anyways, but it's just even more important when the, the drivers around us are potentially blinded by the, the, the low sun, as, as well as us being blinded by it. Really, we don't want to react. We want to predict what might happen in traffic uh, and understand that these these drivers um, are having a difficult time seeing as well. So we need to be mindful of those, those scenarios. We need to be situational, uh, situationally aware. Um, situational riders are, are planning their escape routes. Um, they're using proper lane position and they're trying to stay conspicuous. They're trying to make sure that the cars around them see them. Uh, if you're just being um, reactive, uh, then you're not going to possibly have the time to move your motorcycle out of harm's way. Uh, and you'll be most likely be surprised by it. <clears throat> you'll find that situationally where riders tend to be less surprised by erratic traffic movement. So constantly playing that game of what's around me 360 degrees of what might those things, uh, those people in those vehicles be doing, uh, that's going to help you keep safe because it gives you escape routes, it gives you options. And the more options you have, the safer you'll be on the road. Now, the big one, critters. During the fall, wild animals are in the woods and can very often jump out and surprise you. One te technique that I use with fellow riders is counting the animals we spot by the side of the road and make sure we are always aware of them. Often when looking right, you may miss something to the left and vice versa, correct? 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good tip, you know, um, keeping track of the animals. It may not just be uh, deer or moose. It could be a, a lot of animals out there. I mean, this is Canada after all. Uh, but specifically with deer, um, you know, deer, deer are herd animals. So we know that they're, they travel in herds. So if you see one deer, you're usually going to see another deer near, nearby. It's amazing how many times when we stop and compare and say, okay, I saw, how many did you see? And, and the other rider will say, I saw seven to the left. And I said, well, you missed three to the right. And is the, the shock look on your face, whereabouts? And you go, oh my God, okay, I was focused on those seven. And sure as heck, there were three that, that you don't even see. So great points. Yeah, you know, and that can happen to any level of experience of rider, uh, whether, uh, you know, first year riding or been riding for, for 35 years, it can happen to anybody. And and sometimes it's it's, it's almost unavoidable, um, but there's ways to reduce those risks, right? So if you know the, um, the habitats of deer or, or the way they travel or the, the emotions that they have, this could be beneficial. For example, most deer strikes uh, happen in the spring or fall. And why that is, is because of rutting season. So rutting season begins about now. And uh, as we get all the new baby deers, I mean, that's usually springtime. They start uh, coming to the sides of the road and licking the salt. We've all seen that hundreds of times. Uh, and it, then again, um, in the fall, they're, the deer are going to be a lot older. And then they're starting the rutting as the whole process starts all over again. So that's when you're typically going to see them. Now, you will see them at any time of the year. But that is the typical time you're going to see deer, for example. So what we need to do is ride aware. Uh, We have to ride expecting to see wildlife. Uh, This is, um, you know, we're in Canada. uh, And we need to um, really pay attention to what's going on the sides of the roads, but also being mindful of our direction of travel. So some of the things that I tend to do is I will watch other vehicles ahead as well so in the distance and i'm watching their motions i'm watching watching brake lights i'm watching things like that because if you start seeing sudden brake lights for no apparent reason on a straight stretch of road it could just be a deer or a herd of deer on the side of the road or it could just be the person deciding to make a left or right hand turn the point being is be more um more aware of what's going on in the traffic in front of you and around you and then when i'm um, riding at night Mind your speed. We don't want to outride our lights. You wouldn't do that in your car. You shouldn't obviously do that on a motorcycle. So you want to see what's going on around you. We've all seen those little red dots in the distance, and we know that there's deer or moose or some critter on the side of the road. So we may have to adjust our speed. But again, we need to be mindful of the vehicles behind us as motorcyclists when we're slowing down. And maybe even a tap on the rear brake, not enough to slow the bike down, but to activate the brake light is just giving warning to traffic behind you that something is happening. The other thing I do is I'm, I tend at this time of the year to choose main highways over secondary highways. Now, the reason for that is uh, obvious, is that with a main highway, for example, uh, you know, heading down to Calgary on, on the Alberta Bond, we have more surface area. So we have more road space. So we, that means we have more escape routes. And then I tend to cheat the center line a lot, a lot more. And the reason I'm cheating the center line is it's giving me more escape routes. So I'm constantly thinking about my escape routes. And then I'm practicing the what ifs. So just like the scenario we talked about with uh, drivers being uh, blinded by the, the low sun, we need to constantly be playing those what if games is uh, what if what if a deer runs out here? What if this car doesn't do this? Where am I going to put the motorcycle? Uh, so I 
practice those skills too. My braking skills. <clears throat> I practice my collision avoidance skills. And and another thing that you may need to do, other than swerve or slow down, you may need to accelerate past. That's you know it could be the the, the right call. But these are all things we can practice. And if you really have these skills down and you continue to practice them, it's going to be less likely of an issue when those things happen, as long as you're identifying the hazard. Yeah, you sure can't let your mind uh, wander when you're on the road. Now, road surfaces are important to consider too, right, James, especially early in the day? Yeah, I mean, the obvious one is going to be, um, you know, colder road, colder ambient temperatures, uh, colder um, tire pressure. So tires work best as they heat up. Brakes work best as they heat up. Uh, even your suspension works better as it's if it's if it's not frozen cold. So if you park your bike outside uh, on cooler days, <clears throat> the hydraulics in your your suspension, maybe your steering damper on your sport bike, all those things are going to react a lot slower. So we need to be mindful of that. So <clears throat> again, cooler temperatures mean colder road surfaces, but. We need to, as motorcyclists, be mindful of our tire pressures. Uh, some people will do it once a month or um, twice a year or whatever the situation. I'm not even at all. Uh, I'm I'm a proponent of checking your tire pressures every ride. And it's not to be um, a safety geek or anything like that. It's just because, to me, my motorcycle tires are like the wings on an aircraft. I have wings. And if one of those wings were to fall off, I'd be in big trouble. And to me, it's the same situation with tires. I need to look after my tires, but not only just for the traction perspective, it's the longevity of the tires. So it's better for the tires. So a couple of things you can do is, is check with your tire manufacturer. So if it's a Pirelli or a Metzler or a Dunlop or a Michelin or whatever, and see what kind of uh, threshold you have with tire pressures. You may be able to drop a few PSI in the front and the rear and allow more heat into the tire carcass, which is a good thing. But I would also check with your, um, if you if you bought a Harley-Davidson, check with the Harley shops. If you bought a Yamaha, check with the Yamaha shops. See what they recommend, and especially with a specific tire that you're running, because it, it will make a big difference. Then the other thing is going to be, um, think of the things on the road. So things that we don't think about on the road as car drivers are going to be icy as motorcyclists. And I don't mean ice, I just mean uh, tar strips. So tar strips, or tar snakes as we call them, and that's the the cedar that goes into the cracks on the road um, to, to fill them up, right? It's sort of like an, an interim fix. So those things, when they're cold, they can be super icy. And we need to be mindful of our riding position, uh, our braking, uh, when our lean angles, and our acceleration when we're traveling over those tar, tar strips or tar snakes. So some people are probably thinking, well, how am I going to avoid because the vast majority of the roads in my area are entirely you know, sealed with tar strips? So, yeah, you're going to have to ride over them at some point, obviously. The point is just be more mindful of your riding position when you're at lean, when you're accelerating, when you're braking, in all those situations, being aware of exactly where you are on the road, just so you can guarantee that you're, you're not uh, giving away any uh, traction. Now, one recent adjustment in the city of Edmonton, as an example, is they have just dropped the speed limit throughout a great area of the city to 40 kilometers per hour. And then you add that to the endless construction, the return of school zones, and it really is a slowdown alert. Yeah, you know, um, the 40 kilometer an hour thing, I mean, that's been quite controversial. Uh, 
the the thirty k obviously that's never bothered me because thirty k usually means school zones or it means playground zones, and I'm totally cool with that. Those are areas, and I think as motorcyclists too, we should be really mindful of because as when you're on a motorcycle, you're like a traveling billboard for all motorcyclists. So if you're ripping through a construction zone, um, you know you're doing forty fifty k. The the construction workers are thinking poorly on motorcycles and motorcyclists. The same thing with school zones uh, or your residence, uh, your residential area that you live at. Uh, I'm always very mindful about uh, making sure I'm doing those speeds so so people aren't thinking that we're all, always speeding through these slow areas. So yeah, 30K makes sense. The 40K, um, I'm still not 100% sold on that just yet. But when you were traveling in school zones, we always know at this time of the year, school zones are chaotic. So there's uh, student drop off and pick up. There's there's cars parked like all over the place. Uh, parents are potentially running out. Kids are potentially running out into traffic. So we just need to be mindful of that. We all know that that's where that stuff happens. So slow down. Uh, cover your brakes. Cover your front brake. You don't have to activate it. Just cover the front brake. Cover the rear brake. Get ready to pull the clutch lever in if you have to come to a quick stop. Uh, which isn't going to be too difficult at 30 kilometers an hour for you know for 99.9% of the motorcyclists out there. Again, these are all good things you could be practicing anyways. If you're practicing at some point uh, during the year, you can practice your emergency stops and your collision avoidance uh, via rider training or uh, just in an empty parking lot someplace. But obviously, we need to be mindful uh, in school zones and playground areas. And, and keeping in mind, too, that as motorcyclists, we are uh, a riding billboard. So let's let the public know that we're, we're responsible as well. James, it's pretty easy to see why you're so respected in your field. I've met many, many people who have taken your course. And to a one, they said he never let us off for a minor error. You were, you're just so particular about safety on a motorcycle. So these are some great, great tips. And we look forward to having you uh, back on the Think Bike podcast again in the very near future. So thank you very kindly. I really appreciate it, Marty. Thank you very much. Hey, we appreciate the time uh, that it took to do this and all that great information. Now, to make sure you don't miss any of our upcoming podcasts or to listen to previous ones, make sure you click on the subscribe or follow button wherever you get your podcasts, whatever ear candy site it is. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or a guest you'd like to hear from on one of our shows, then make sure you let us know. And it's real simple. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and you'll get more information on motorcycle safety and awareness. And you can also reach out through our website too, which is ab-amss.org. And always remember to ride smart, ride safe, and think bike. See you on the road. 